This is Regenerative Medicine News. I'm your host, Stephanie Wolf, PA and co-founder of the nation's leading sexual wellness clinic, the Nova Center. We've helped thousands of men reclaim their energy, their youth, and of course, their sexual performance, all without unnecessary blue pills or band-aid medication. And now we're here to help you do the same by bringing our vast knowledge of regenerative medicine to the podcast world. We hope you enjoy. Well, hello, it's Stephanie Wolf, PA and CEO of the Nova Center. So just following along from the past podcasts that I've been doing, um, I'm basically going through my book with you guys, um, just kind of reading the topics. And that way, if you guys have any questions or comments, you know, you can reach out and let me know. If I need to be adding something else to the book, then let's do that. So you are my audience at this point. Uh, the topic today is four of the most common reasons for vasculogenic dysfunction. First of all, what is vasculogenic dysfunction? It's actually a lack of blood flow to sustain an erection for intercourse. So again, what are the four of the most common reasons for lack of blood flow to sustain an erection for intercourse? First one is going to be microplaque. What exactly is plaque? Plaque is made up of fat, cholesterol, calcium, and other substances that over time hardens and can lead to this narrowing of your arteries thereby reducing the amount of blood flow through the arteries and causing them to become stiff and rigid. Now, this process is also called arthrosclerosis, and this problem can be particularly harmful if arteries to your organs become blocked. You got to remember, your blood carries red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, and plasma, but the most abundant cell type in your blood is the red blood cell because it is responsible for carrying oxygen to your organs and then carbon dioxide to your lungs. So this is how it's going to feed and nurture your tissue. Now, red blood cells can contain up to 1 billion molecules of oxygen. That's a lot of oxygen. And these oxygen are bonded together with iron atoms. So having an iron deficiency, whether that's from your diet or if you're a you know, strict vegan or vegetarian, or a deficiency of oxygen from smoking cigarettes, this is going to greatly affect your organ's ability to function and regenerate healthy tissue. But even if your blood cells are rich in oxygen and in iron, it's not going to make a difference if your arteries are too narrow, caused by this blockage from too much plaque. So it's not going to carry this rich oxygenated blood to your organs and tissue, such as the penis. So if there's too much microplaque in the arteries that supply the blood flow to the penis, this is going to turn into erectile dysfunction. So in our clinic, microplaque is the number one most common cause of erectile dysfunction. And recent studies have shown that plaque actually begins to form in childhood and it progressively worsens over time with this unhealthy lifestyle, such as the obesity, eating too much fat or bad cholesterol in your diet, smoking, this is too much carbon monoxide, diabetes, high blood pressure. All of this is preventable and reversible, you guys. Plaque can also lead to the formation of blood clots, which can cause an embolism, a stroke, and even death. 
So think about it like this. As the rigid blood vessel is slowly narrowing its diameter for that blood to flow through, the blood is going to begin to back up and it will start to pool and it's going to cause your platelets to become sticky, which in turn is a blood clot. Or the plaque itself will start to break off and it'll enter into the bloodstream and that can lead to a stroke or again, another blood clot. So both of these adverse events can occur together or separately. So now I want you to imagine the smallest of rivers being the only carrier of all of these nutrients, as well as this rich oxygenated red blood cells to the penis and this small river having just a minute amount of plaque buildup. So we're not talking about the largest vessel anymore, the ones that feed your heart or your liver or your kidneys, where it's going to take a little bit more plaque to build up before you start to experience symptoms. We're talking about the penis and the penile tissue. And this is small little blood vessels that are feeding your tissue. So just a small amount of this plaque building up is going to cause that narrowing and thus start to give you this erectile dysfunction or impotence. So the less blood flow equals the more damage to your tissue. That's number one. Number two is endothelial dysfunction. What is endothelial dysfunction? It's thinning or hardening of the endothelial lining. Okay, what what does that actually mean? Well, we discussed this just a little bit earlier. The endothelium is made up of these specialized cells that line the inner surface of your blood vessels, as well as the tissue of the corpus cavernosum of the penis. Those are the two cylinders that are basically your penis. And it's responsible for vasodilation and vasoconstriction. It's going to regulate the blood clotting mechanism. It's going to protect your tissue from toxic exposure and inflammation. It's going to balance the electrolytes and substances between the blood and the tissue. So think of the endothelial lining like a gatekeeper, okay? So this lining lines the blood vessels, and it's responsible for allowing what goes in and out of the tissue that's in the blood flow, okay? So think of it as like it actually is an organ. So one of the most important jobs of the vascular endothelium is to produce or secrete nitric oxide. And this causes vasodilation of the blood vessels, as well as the formation of new blood vessels. So the endothelial barrier is protecting that communication between the tissue and the blood blood vessel. And so any dysfunction of this lining is going to cause a disruption in blood pressure regulation, an increase in inflammation, an impaired response to your vasodilation, vasoconstriction, and then your ability to form blood clots. So endothelial dysfunction typically will occur prior to this plaque buildup. And it's not caused by the plaque buildup in the arteries. Rather, it is due to the changes of the endothelial function, such as a decrease in nitric oxide, and then an increase in reactive oxygen species, or what I like to call oxidative stress. And you're going to see this in patients with high blood pressure, diabetes, coronary artery disease, and smokers. So now you've got this imbalance of nitric oxide, which again is the vasodilator, to reactive oxygen species, which is your oxidative stress, 
This is going to increase your inflammation of the vessel and the surrounding tissue. And you guys all know inflammation is the root of all diseases. So inflammation is a normal process and it is actually required for your body to heal and repair itself naturally. But it's when that inflammation becomes chronic that the dysfunction of all the cells begins to occur. So what happens is your repair mechanisms are no longer working properly and that's when the breakdown happens. So this, what's so sad about all of this is this chronic inflammation is typically reversible and preventable. You guys, it's reversible and preventable. Have a healthy diet. Have low stress in your life. Stop smoking. You don't need to drink every night. Get plenty of rest. Get some good exercise. All of this is going to prevent chronic inflammation. But I know we live in this world that's full of stress and fear and we don't have good food out there anymore. The soil is terrible. We're all work. We're no play. So it's no wonder that we're causing most of our disease processes. And this is breaking down our mechanical gear inside our bodies. So think of the endothelial lining as your brake pads in your car. And they're responsible for regulating the speed of your vehicle or the speed of the blood flow through the tissues. And they're eventually going to wear down from overuse. But with brake pads, you're just going to go get them replaced. You can't replace your endothelial lining. It doesn't work that way. So bringing it back to erectile dysfunction, if your endothelial lining is damaged and inflamed, you're not going to be able to fill the tissue properly with blood in order to have a firm erection because you're going to be in this constant state of vasoconstriction because your blood vessels are trying to protect your tissue from these harmful substances. So that's number two. Number three, the third reason on why you would have this, what did we call it, vascular dysfunction, is going to be venous leak, or what I like to call valvular incompetence. Let's start with the anatomy of the vein first. Veins are responsible for carrying blood back to your heart to be clean and filtered before moving back out to the rest of the body via the arteries with rich oxygenated blood and nutrients. So you have valves inside of your veins and they act like doors to your blood vessels. So they're going to move the blood in the direction of the heart. So it's like traveling upstream. So in order to travel upstream, you, you have to prevent that blood from moving backwards. So you've got to have these doors and they have to close behind them. So it inhibits that blood from going back to where it came from. These valves are important when it comes to having erections. They must remain closed in order to keep the blood in the penis rather than moving in the direction of the heart and hence maintain your firm erection. Now, most men will start to notice the beginning of venous leakage when they lose their erection with certain positions such as missionary style or when the man is laying on his back. Think about the gravity pulling on your blood and your damaged, weak valves. They're unable to do their job properly. So this valvular incompetence is commonly seen or known to the general public, believe it or not, as varicose veins and hemorrhoids. It's the same thing, you guys. It's just placed somewhere else. Both of these conditions occur due to faulty valves and inflammation that's surrounding the vein. 
So these damaged valves are a result of normal aging, but obesity, sedentary lifestyle, smoking. Exercise is one of the best ways to support your vein health and strengthen the tissue that supports your vessels, meanwhile keeping this healthy weight. This is going to reduce the chances of your blood pooling within the vein and then causing that inflammation, hence faulty valves. As we discussed in number two, inflammation can also cause damage to the lining of the blood vessels, making them weak and fragile. However, when we're talking about venous leakage for the penis, there's more involved than just your faulty valves. We must also remember that these valves are supported by collagen fibers and smooth muscle within the corpus cavernosum. Okay, so this allows the penis to expand during the erection. So degeneration of these collagen fibers or that protective sheath that surrounds the corpus cavernosum, or perhaps you have atrophy of the smooth muscles caused by aging and androgen deficiency. Maybe you have Peyronie's diabetes. All of this is going to inhibit your corpus cavernosum from expanding properly during the erection. Studies have shown that a deficiency in androgen production, we're talking testosterone right now, will promote the formation of adipose tissue. That's fat. So if you're deficient in testosterone, it's going to promote the formation of fat tissue in place of your smooth muscle within your corpus cavernosum. I hope you just heard what I said. Studies have shown that if you're deficient in testosterone, you're going to promote more fat tissue to build up in your penis. So it has been suggested that, you know, these toxic chemicals, nicotine, alcohol, THC, can also disrupt the balance of the blood flow into this tissue. Nicotine causes vasoconstriction. Alcohol is going to thin your blood, which requires more blood to be drawn to the penis, which is going to cause your veins to leak from excessive fluid. And then THC causes excessive relaxation of the smooth muscles. So I get this question all the time. How do you fix venous leakage in a penis? Well, you can't just repair the faulty valves with surgery like you can with varicose veins or hemorrhoids which is, quite honestly, while the penile erection ring, or otherwise known as the cock ring, was actually developed. It acts as a makeshift valve holding the blood in the penis. However, as I said before, if you can hold the blood in the penis, then is everything working appropriately? Is the smooth muscle that's lining the corpus cavernosum allowing for that expansion of the tissue to create a firm enough erection? These are all questions that we got to look at, right? And then, of course, the very last reason why you can't hold blood in the penis is medication side effects. And specifically, I'm looking at diuretics and beta blockers. So there are many medications that can cause erectile dysfunction, whether that's, you know, inhibiting hormone deficiencies. But What I'm talking about specifically has to do with the cardiovascular system. So taking high blood pressure medications. I'm going to give you a crash course here for just a second. When we're prescribing blood pressure medication and you're newly diagnosed, we have four different types of blood pressure medications we can use. 
and we call them A, B, C, and D. A stands for an ACE inhibitor or an ARB. B is for a beta blocker. C is calcium channel blocker. And D is a diuretic. ACE inhibitor or ARBs stand for medications that end in pril or artin, such as lisinopril, acupril, or losartin, valsartin. They're responsible for controlling blood pressure via the kidneys. They're going to reduce the amount of flow and pressure through the kidneys, as well as causing vasodilation. So this medication is also used in patients with congestive heart failure and post-MI, and the most common side effect is a dry cough, with erectile dysfunction being less than 1%, as this medication may actually improve erectile function by its vasodilation activity. B, beta blockers, stand for medications that end in OLOL, such as metoprolol, atenolol, propanolol, and they regulate blood pressure via the heart rate and rhythm. It's not only used for hypertension, but for angina, heart failure, post-MI, and this class of medication is one of the worst for erectile dysfunction because it's actually blocking the beta receptors. Remember, the parasympathetic nervous system causes vasodilation, relaxation, which allows blood to flow into the penis. And it does this by binding to the beta receptors. So if you block your beta receptors, as the name implies, it's going to block the normal parasympathetic input and cause erectile dysfunction. Calcium channel blockers. These end in IPINE or ipine, amylodipine. Um, and block the amount of calcium that is taken up by the heart and the smooth muscle by blocking the voltage-gated calcium channels. So this in turn is going to cause blood vessels to relax and vasodilate, improving your oxygen to the heart, lowering your blood pressure. The most common side effects of these medications are lower extremity edema or swelling in your legs. Erectile dysfunction is not one of them. Remember, we talked about calcium's role in how does an erection actually work earlier in my other podcast. Calcium must be blocked in order for an erection to occur. And this happens by CGMP. This is activated by the release of nitric oxide. Lastly, we go to D, diuretics, which can be in hydrochlorothiazide, triamterene, Lasix, spironolactone. And this is exactly what it says, it's a diuretic. It's gonna reduce the fluid levels in the body which can also result in a decreased amount of fluid in the penis, thereby causing erectile dysfunction. So if you must take a hypertensive medication, then I'd suggest that you request either an A, which is your ACE inhibitor, ARBs, or a C, calcium channel blocker, as both of these medications have not shown erectile dysfunction side effects. The other medications that can contribute to vasoconstriction and thus decrease blood flow to the penis is any cough and cold medications that use pseudoephedrine. Think about it. You have a runny nose or sinus conjunction. Your pseudoephedrine is going to help dry you up, but both ends of the spectrum. So I'll be discussing more about medications in my next chapter. But just to recap, so we talked about the four different types of vasculogenic dysfunction today. And that was a lot of information. So I may go back and, you know, kind of separate these out and talk about them. But I just wanted you to know that there are four of the most common reasons for lack of blood flow. It's going to be that plaque buildup. 
It's going to be that endothelial damage, which is the lining of your blood vessels. It's the valvular incompetence, and then it's medications. So hopefully that helps and it wasn't too much information for you guys, but we're just going to keep plugging along on my book and I'm going to fill you in on what we're writing. Have a great day. Would you like to enhance your performance in the bedroom, but just don't know where to start? There's no such thing as a treatment that will work for everybody. So we've created an in-depth quiz that can give you a personalized treatment protocol based on your unique situation and health history. You can get your free treatment plan by going to getmyprotocol.com. That's getmyprotocol.com. Thanks for listening. You can view clinical studies on the topics we talked about today on our clinic's website, thenovacenter.com. Please remember, this is not medical advice, and none of the statements we've made have been evaluated by the FDA. And always speak with your medical provider before seeking any type of medical treatment.